Welcome to Do A Blessing CNS Church London's podcast, sharing the good news weekly. We hope you are blessed by today's message. The entry point into the church. What is the entry point? Jesus gave a clear entry point into the church. And we spoke about all of that last week, but we'll just start from here also as we begin to look at discipleship. What what is the we, we've we've talked about the entry, but what is the purpose of the body of Christ? What is the purpose of the church? So we when you see Jesus was saying, and I want to just start from here, the Bible says that in Matthew chapter 16, from verse 13 to 20, the Bible says, When Jesus came to the region of Caesarea. He said he asked his disciples, who do people say that the Son of Man is? And he replied saying that some say John the Baptist, others say Elijah, others say Jeremiah the prophet, but but what do you, what about you? Who do you say that I am? Then Peter answered, and Peter said, you are the son, you are the, you, you are the Messiah, the son of the living God. He said, and Jesus replied, blessed are you son of Jonah, for it, is, it was not revealed to you by the flesh of blood, but my father who is in heaven. He now said, I tell you that you are Peter, and on this rock will I build my church, and the gate of hell will not prevail over it. Then that church that is built on who understanding who Jesus is, is the church that God who said, I will give the keys of the kingdom of heaven. Whatsoever you bind on earth will be bound in heaven. Whatsoever you lose on earth will be loosed in heaven. Then he ordered his disciples not to tell anyone he is the Messiah. Now, it's important as we begin to look at this. When Jesus will, when Jesus asked, and Jesus said, who do people say that I am? And people began to give him, they began to give him feedback of what people say, said that he was. You would think that the natural response would be, okay, you know what, the next time we organize a teaching like this, I would explain to people who I am. It seems like Jesus is not even bothered about what they had as an opinion. Because there is a difference in the crowd and discipleship. Jesus is happy to do heal the sick. But that was not now. When he began to talk about the church, he began to introduce the church to the disciples. Jesus never introduced the church to the world. I will begin to. In fact, when you look at Mark chapter Mark chapter eight, and I have a couple of uh, quite a lot of scriptures, but just bear with me. The Bible says, "I say once Jesus had put his hand on the man's eyes, then the eyes of the man was opened and his sight was restored." And he saw everything clearly. Jesus sent him home, saying, Do not even go to the village. And Jesus and his disciples went on to the village around Caesarea. On their way, 
Jesus asked them, who do people say I am? So what I'm trying to say is that there was a man that came to Jesus for eyes to be seen. Uh, sorry, to, to, for his eyes to go to. Jesus healed him and sent him away. Before he began to talk to his disciples, what am I trying to say? You will begin to see this pattern in the life of Jesus. There are things he doesn't talk about to everybody. Those things are only left for disciples. You would see that even at the time, the disciples were asking him, why are you talking to people in parable? Why don't you talk to them in plain language? Peter, Jesus said to his disciples, you give this one, you are different. One of the challenges we will begin to see in the body of Christ now is that we do the reverse. You would see, you would see this, see, all the teachings that you read in the Bible that Jesus taught. When Jesus talked to people about the Lord's Prayer, he didn't teach everybody. He taught his disciples. It was after they saw him pray. They said, teach us to pray. That's what he taught them disciples. When Jesus told to teach about faith, when they caused the faith, he didn't teach everybody. He taught his disciples. That doesn't mean that people were not coming. And you will begin to see that as people came, Jesus began to, you know, see, it is, it is, it, it, it is, um, So let's let's just go on, please. Now we'll get there, but this is the fear that I have. Jesus said in Matthew chapter 23, verse 15, he said, Woe to you, teachers of the law and Pharisees, you hypocrites. You travel over the land to win a single convert. But when you but when you are succeeded, you make them twice the child of hell. So that means that if we don't understand how God makes his disciples, somebody can be sitting in a church or in a garden and they are being made, they will be comfortable, but they are being made twice the child of hell. I was talking to somebody at the time. I said, at times it is better for you to leave somebody out than to give them false understanding that they are safe when they are not. So Jesus said, you went long distance to go and win one soul. And that soul, when you brought them, the only thing you successfully did is to make them twice so it is not and please remember as a child of hell as you have so that means that they can only reproduce what they have so that is why that is why it is important that we understand what Jesus asked us to do 
Let's go home. We'll have Matthew chapter 28. The Bible says, Then Jesus came to them and said, All authority in heaven has been given to me. Therefore, go and make disciples. Go and make disciples. It did not say go and make converts. Go and make disciples. Of all nations. But he now began to say, how do we go? What are the processes? Go and he said, baptize in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Ghost. Teach them everything. So there is the baptism and there is the constant teaching of everything that Jesus taught them to teach about. So that means that he said, he, he, he said, he said everything that I have commanded you. So after you are baptized and you have received the Holy Spirit, you have, they, have to, they have to be part of constant teaching. May God help us in the name of Jesus Christ. It is important that we understand the emphasis because as the church begins to move or the body of Christ begins to move, it is important to understand what is God actually looking for. What is God actually looking for? So when you look at Luke chapter 6 verse 14 to start. Luke 6 verse 14. Jesus said, A disciple is not above his teacher. Another version will tell you, A student. So that means a disciple is a student. Is not above his teacher, but every, everyone who is perfectly trained. Please note the word training shall become like his teacher. So when Jesus said, go and make disciples, he recognized that will be a teacher-student relationship. He also recognized that there has to be training involved. May God grant us grace in the name of Jesus Christ. So when you look at Luke chapter 14, you will see that Jesus said, a large crowd, now this is the same thing that Jesus was trying to talk about, a large crowd were traveling with Jesus. So these people were already on the move with Christ. They had, they had, you know, they had known about Jesus. And they were, they, were, they, were, they were moving with him. It was a large crowd. Then the Bible says, and turning, turning to them, he said, if anyone comes to me and does not hate his father, mother, or children, or brothers or sisters, yes, even their whole life, such person cannot be my disciple. Excuse me, we've been traveling with you. I thought that is okay. No, 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 no. There is traveling. And there is now coming into discipleship. He is basically saying, it is not all of you. Now, he began to state what the demands are for the side. 
Now, is it necessarily saying you hate your parents or your children? No. What he's saying is that you don't compromise your salvation. If you, I have served in another part of Nigeria where you see people who are killed because of their faith. I have an aunt who gave her life to Christ and her mother, her parents, took everything away from her. We may not understand it because you are in an environment, maybe you are born into a family that everyone is Christian or everyone goes to a church, church, so you don't understand. So when he's saying this, there are people who are really, even in this country, in this United Kingdom, there is a lady that I think I heard about whose parents are very rich. She gave her life to Christ and she lost everything. Here you may say that, you know, she's, she's, a, she's trying her best. She's, she, she went to this, so she's doing, you know, some jobs and things like that. But can you imagine somebody who was born and from a childhood in this country, she's been using a chauffeur? Never enter public transport. And now has to be renting a room because of their faith. Because it is between Jesus or that lifestyle. In this UK, what the parents have done is not legal. She's at least she's above age. So, you know, you can't say that she have got but all our brothers and things that like everybody's in the family business. In fact, she was she was trying to get jobs, they were blocking it. See, there are some people in this country that are very influential. That you think that they can't block jobs. You, you know, you just say that you're you just putting applications. And maybe a major shareholder will say, please, no. And they will give you a good explanation. It will be, uh, we, we are sorry, after, um, after consideration, after you know, all those kind of things, we are X, Y, Z. God help us in Jesus' name. So when Jesus is saying you would hate, he said, he said, he said, you you cannot even put your whole life ahead of being choosing to be a disciple. Please note, there was a large crowd that was following Jesus. They had traveled with him. These people are seeing miracles. So this question that Jesus, see, that's why I, I quoted that earlier scripture, that somebody got healed. Jesus doesn't say, discipleship does not mean you won't get healed, you won't get all the, you know, you, you won't get all of that. But when Jesus is going to, to ask you this question like he's asking them, it's a different body. So the Bible says that these people have been traveling with Jesus. All of a sudden, he turned to them and he said, if you want to follow me, you have to be prepared to be my disciple. And this is the cost of following me. This is the cost of following me. 
So you begin to see. So he, he now went to verse 28. He said, he said, he said, see, this is the major. Let's go to verse 28. He said, suppose one wants to start a tower. So basically, what he's saying is that don't see if you want to make this, if you want to follow, if you want to be a disciple, Jesus saying this. Read the scriptures. Especially in the New Testament. There is no part where Jesus advertises his um, what's it called? Is working with him with benefit. We do that now. But Jesus has never he doesn't advertise it to people like that. That come out when you come, your life. No, no, he doesn't. See, when he told Peter. He said, Peter, this is what you will suffer. <laughs> when he met Paul, it was the same introduction. Why? Because he knows that you are going to, your life is going to be better, but he doesn't want to hide the challenge that will come with it. God help us in the name of Jesus Christ. So, now, you know, Jesus said when he was talking about discipleship, there was a thinking that it was a student-teacher relationship, as far as Jesus is concerned. Now, let's go to Luke chapter, sorry, um, Matthew chapter 11, verse 29. He said, my yoke, as ah, when, when you read this in Yoruba terms, I didn't really get it. The Bible says, My yoke is upon, take my yoke upon you and learn from me. The NIV, the NLT will put it, Let me teach you. It's as if that, that English was swallowed in that translation. So he's saying that the yoke you are going to take from me is the yoke to be ready to be a learner. Now, he said, for I am humble in heart. Huh? Please. <laughs> Do you know what that means? Why did he not say, I am humble as a person? Why did he say, I am humble at heart? Because at times, the way God will deal with you, you, may, you have to trust his heart. That I know he loves me. You may not understand, just like a parent. When a parent is, 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 is um, treating a child, if the child is not saying that, you know, I know that, Mommy may be hungry, daddy may be hungry, but they love me inside. If the, if the child only interprets it from the way the parents keep talking, they will tell that man is a very bad man. That is why Jesus said, I am. When it comes to my heart, I am humble in the heart. Because there will be occasions in your Christian journey that you will not like what you see. But you have to trust the heart of the Father. So he said, he said, you will find the rest for your soul. 
Don't worry. You will see. Please look at the tenses. You will find rest for your soul. So that means at the time it may be. Now let me now. So he said, please look at this statement. He said, like we said, take my yoke and learn. Learn from me. Why? Because there is a teacher-student relationship. Now, this is what they call yoke in the days of when Jesus was saying, Take my yoke upon you. This is what Jesus was talking about. Can I like this? This is what Jesus was talking about. This is what they call yoke. So, one of these cows is the one that is experienced, that knows the path that they are supposed to go. So, they would put a yoke, a yoke on the other one that is still learning. So that yoke would hold them together. What does this mean? That means that the other one that is new cannot go anywhere except the way the trainer goes. Even if he sees something, can you not imagine if he sees that and wants to go this way and the liner goes this way, what will happen? The neck would. Let me give you an illustration. You can you can start this if you. you have you have you, have you seen Jesus? Have you seen pictures of Jesus that Jesus will put a lamp on his neck? I mean, I've seen that picture before. Do we know what that that scripture means? When a lamp runs away. And the owner finds it. At times he breaks the neck, the leg, and he puts it on his neck <laughs> and carries it home. So that it doesn't run again. By the time the leg heals, he's already used to the environment. So when you see Jesus, <laughs> so that the people say, ah, Jesus is a gentleman, he puts lamb on his neck. Ah, <laughs> don't. If you read the Jewish people, how they do their things, that is how a shepherd deals with the sheep. May God grant us understanding in the name of Jesus Christ. So, what I'm still pointing at is discipleship. Being a disciple of Christ is basically a teacher student relationship. So, as we go on, we now begin to bring it, please note that when Jesus was talking about the church, he was talking to his disciples. So then, what is the, and Jesus told his disciples to go and make other disciples. That's what he told them. He didn't say go and make converts. He said go and make disciples. What is the goal of a disciple? The goal of a disciple is to make Christ. If is to make another Christ, as it were. When I'm trying, when I'm saying, my goal as a disciple, as a, a, a disciple, is to make translate the life of Christ inside you. The goal of the body of Christ is not to raise pastors, is not to raise prophets, is not to raise millionaires, is to raise Christ in people. 
That's why when the Bible calls the child the, the house of God a family, when you give that to your child, you don't say, I'm going to raise a doctor. No. You first of all, the God is forced to raise a, a child. Then it can become a doctor, a nurse, or anything as such. But any parent that has the love of that child, the first goal is to raise a child. So when the church, the main goal of the body of Christ is to raise Christ, reproduce Christ into people. Now, you begin to understand is when you read in Ephesians chapter 4, the Bible says he gave some apostles, some prophets, some evangelists, shepherds, to equip the saints for the work of ministry to build building up of the body of Christ until we come to the unity of faith and the knowledge of the Son of God. To a mature manhood. What is the matured manhood? He said to the full, to, to the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ. So the goal is not to raise millionaires. You know, people say, you know, I'm called to raise. You are not called to raise millionaires. <laughs> you are called to raise Christ in people. They may land millionaire jobs. They may, they may become powerful prophets. But the first goal is to make disciples of people. Does this make sense? Now, I'll be using the position of a home also, of Christ. See, there are times when a parent has to make a decision. If a child is going to go to a very, a, a school that will make them extremely brilliant, but has the chance of corrupting that child, versus send the child to an average school, and look for lesson teacher to begin to support that child because your goal is not to raise you can raise there are very so the goal of the body of Christ is first and foremost to raise Christ in people you will begin to see how Jesus begins to deal with this. There was a time when people came to Jesus and they were, Jesus said, why did you come to the because of the miracle I did yesterday? And he didn't do it. Because, see, when we don't understand what the goal is, that's why Jesus said, when it comes to discipleship, there are certain things that you have to deny yourself. So there might be things that you think that somebody, somebody needs, but it's going to stand, you know, I, I, I gave an illustration last week. Uh, last week when I was talking to a servant of God who called me and we were talking and I could see his passion and he was saying that I said with the problem is that so when when he had that dream so when he had that chance and he came back to me and he said ah bio this is what I saw that I saw a man of God who was who was healing people and you know everything was okay but but he later saw that people were going straight to hell and I asked him, that man did not use to do, he was a good man of God. He said, yes, he, said he could feel it in the spirit. I said, hey. So I am not here to talk about are you using the Holy Spirit or not. But it is important that the body, we, we understand what the goal is. And I'll begin to illustrate 
this to us as we go. He said, to the fullness of them, so that we may no longer be children. Now, what that means is that when you are, no matter, please God help us, and I hope you understand what I'm saying, no matter which age a man comes to Christ, no matter how long they have been in church, the day they came to Christ, they're a baby. You are never born an adult. This is challenging. But you understand why Nicodemus left the podium of a priesthood to come and meet Jesus and say, how can I be born? So why Jesus, no, Jesus was saying, Jesus said, Nicodemus, you don't understand. You have to be born again. Nicodemus said, ah, I am an old man. That is the problem. May God help us in the name of Jesus Christ. Now, why I am saying this is that I put a quote here. Do not be excited about the harvest. And see, one of the challenges in the, in, in, is that people come and the first thing you are looking at is, see, I don't know, please get me, don't get me wrong. But you know, parents are here and people can correct. But if your goal alone is to raise a millionaire as a child, no matter what cost it comes, you are calling for trouble. If you, if God told you that this child, I, I have seen it so much in our fold that you give a prophecy to a child, say, this child is a prophet. And you raise that child as a prophet, you are entering trouble, disaster. Because it will be prophesying and not and talk to people anyhow. Because there is no all you have been teaching him is how to speak in tongues. He will not do any house chores. So no. Go, go and sleep because we have vision tonight. And, by, and that is the problem, is that discipleship is not taught. There is no training, as Jesus put it. So the focus is, when I make the harvest, the focus is not, I want to become a pastor. My parents never raised me as a pastor. In fact, I don't think that was even anywhere in the conversation. And you begin to see that the disciples will never choose anybody into leadership except from among disciples. We are all learning. That doesn't mean we're always perfect, but that is the system. If you cannot, if somebody is not going through having a discipleship period, when I mean discipleship now, it is, discipleship is not a class. You, we will talk about it when we, when we get there. If they, okay, let's quickly go to Acts chapter, Acts chapter 1. The Bible says, for Peter said it is written in the book of Psalms. Now this is when he wanted to find a replacement for Judas. He said, he said, he said, his place shall be deserted and 
there will be no one dwelling in it. May another take his place of leadership. That is prophecy. Now, he said, therefore, basically, this is the process. The first part is prophecy. The second part is process. He said, therefore, it is necessary. Basically, we're saying that we cannot bend this policy. It is necessary to be chosen from, from the men who have been with us. The whole time Jesus was living among us. So that means those that we know went through the discipleship process are the ones that we take into positions. Does this make sense? You will begin to see it also. When they go to verse 22, just because of our time, said from the beginning John the Baptist, he just said from the beginning of John the Baptist to the time when Jesus was taken up. He said, for one of these must be a witness with us of resurrection. So it is not that somebody comes in and they are powerfully gifted. No. Why? Because you don't want them to reproduce a child of hell. Like we started from. God help us in the name of Jesus Christ. And you begin to see it. If you go to First Timothy, you begin to see it. In Second, Second Timothy said, "I am reminded of your of yours itself." Now this is Paul talking about Timothy, which was first lived with your grandmother Lois, and in your mother Eunice. I am persuaded now lives in you also. So Paul was saying, "I know you." We went through a process of discipleship. Now, the, the goal of discipleship is to produce Jesus inside somebody. Please, it is important as you begin to talk here, as Jesus, see, you will begin to see how when Paul begins to talk about this. He said, um, um, Galatians chapter 4, verse 19. Now, he says that, my dear children, whom I am in pains of labor but until Christ is formed in you. So basically, two things I have to say, I've said in the first part before. Until Christ is formed in you, that means there is a process of your growth in Christ. One. Two, somebody is responsible to support you and me. Not only, not Jesus. Somebody is responsible to oversee the growth of somebody else. That's why when Jesus said, go and make disciples. But what matters most is that the teachings I taught you, you pass it over to them. This is what I'm saying. I, know, I understand that there are abuse within the system. But one thing you need, we need to understand about God. See, let me just give you an example. If it is by the way human beings are saved, we should not, there will be no human race again. Not even a generation. 
the day that Noah sinned, God would have cleared the whole world. I forget about him. What does that tell you? Because a system is faulty, does not mean that God, God changes it automatically. Because you, because, because a system has issues, that does not mean God. That system is still what God uses. It just gives you a guideline to make sure you benefit from it. I don't even get what I'm trying to say. So you begin to see here that Paul begins to talk about it. He said, my dear children, he said, I am in pain again. So I am taking responsibility until I see that Christ is made for me. Again, discipleship defined by Jesus is relationship between teacher and student. God help us in the name of Jesus Christ. So we have again First Timothy um, one two said to Timothy, my true son, in the faith. My true son in the faith. <laughs> I love this part. Now the the agenda is this: if I can reproduce Christ in you, everyone expects you to reproduce Christ in somebody else. That is the goal. So you will see when the first Corinthians, when um, Paul began to say that even if you have a thousand teachers, see, this is when God taught me this also, I relent. The Arunah Pacha will tell you a thousand teachers in Christ. See, I can you can have you can have I have so many preachers that I listen to. But I have my disciple. He said, You may have a 10,000 guidance in Christ, but you don't have many fathers. A teacher can give you skill, the father gives you life. Does this make sense? There is a family trait that a teacher cannot teach you from school. So Paul is saying, for in Christ I became your father. How? How did I father you? Through the gospel. Through the gospel. So he said, therefore I hold you See, I will stand again and we will begin to, I will get to the point. Paul said, imitate me. When you say that in the body of Christ, and people say, pride. But that is, this is scripture. And please note that this is the same Paul that Paul spoke about his struggle. So we are not saying that if you are discipling somebody, that does not mean you are, you, you, are, you are perfect. It means you are on a journey, but you are also bringing somebody on that same journey. So he said, therefore I heard, he said, for this reason, because I want, because I am your father, for this reason, I am now sending, I have sent you Timothy, who is my son. 
He said, who is faithful in the Lord? Yes, ma'am. Said he will remind you of my way of life in Christ Jesus, which he agrees with what I teach everywhere in every church. So basically, he's not the one that would say, "Get there, let's leave that one." This is what we are going to talk about today. No, I know that these teachings are difficult, but not the teachings that we. We may be accustomed to. Now, he said, some of them become arrogant. He said, I see if I will not come again. So basically, what he's saying is that now, the way he's talking about that Timothy has been with me. Timothy understands my way of life. So Timothy will be able to reproduce that kind of life inside of him. Please note, these people had the Holy Spirit too. They are hearing God. But yet, the way of scripture is that one person models a life before you and you learn Christ through that process also. When I, when I, when we're about to wait for my I, I, I was talking to my wife. I said, I said, there is somebody you would know. Maybe was not wrong got married. And I began to tell her certain people in my life. And I said, there are there is two uh, there are two persons, but you may be thinking they are the same, but they are not. I said you would meet Baba Didichi. And you promise that you need to see there are two different people. I said, when you begin as you follow me, you will understand the difference between. It is not that you have double character. But one is a natural father, the other is a disciple. If you don't understand that, God, God help us in the name of Jesus. You know, Paul can be, Paul is Timothy's uncle. So Papa said, no, I am your father. I hope you understand this. And see, the goal I'm saying is that we're talking about how God builds his church. He builds it through the process of discipleship. But if there is no process of discipleship, that church cannot be the church that they have the keys of the kingdom of heaven. God grant us grace and understanding in the name of Jesus Christ. So you begin to see that Paul says, Paul, now listen, let's go on, please. Um, second Timothy, Timothy, please, next one. He said, Then my son be strong in the grace that is in Christ. The things which you have heard me say in the presence of many witnesses and trust to reliable people. See, there are people in church. But he said, No, no, no. Discipleship. It's not that you you dis distribute everything. He said, no, you you what you saw me talk about, please hand it over to reliable people. That's what the Bible says. Who are qualified to also teach other people. 
There is a process in the body of Christ that is gone. It is called discipleship. Now, you cannot, and please let me just clarify what people may have in mind. Even those watching once online. Let's go to Philippians chapter 3. This is Paul also talking. Not that I have already obtained it. So, what qualifies you as a disciple is not that you are a perfect human being, but you are on a journey to become more like Christ. And you are taking people also in that journey. Now, I've explained it. You are not making people Christ. It's not making pastors, prophets, apostles. That is not discipleship. Discipleship is molding a person into Christ. Now, when you go to Acts, so I tell, I tell you I have loads of scriptures. You can watch it back. So I just, um, I just wanted to, he said, um, from materials, uh, Paul sent, um, Paul sent to the epistles to the elders of the church. And when they arrived, he said to them, you know how I lived. See, again, please notice that Jesus spoke about false teachers in his life, in his time. Paul spoke about them even within the body of Christ. So, whatever we are facing in the body of Christ now is not strange to them. If you read your Bible, well. there is nothing that you are doing now that wasn't happening then. But yet, the apostles taught this thing even within that system. One is that he said, you know how I lived the whole time when I was with you. That means in discipleship relationship, there is no, this is my personal life. I know you don't like it, but this is scripture. You cannot, when people learned how to do money devotion, as in when Jesus was praying early in the morning, his disciples saw him do it. If, I, if you are discipling someone, that person you have access to your life at any time because they must see Christ. If it's only pulpits, this is not discipleship. You are only seeing a segment. You don't understand if I struggle with anything. And that's why Paul said, you were with me, you were with me from the first time I came to the province of Asia. Let's read on this. He said, I sat with the Lord with great humility, with tears, in the midst of severe um, testing by plots of the Jews. You know that I did not. So basically, Paul was saying, while I was crying, in the days of my tears, you saw it. I did not hide it from you. Why? Because I am trying to make you a disciple. This Shaduna Ishami, I said, it is not scripture. It has no basis in scriptures. You must say discipleship is that I, you can take pastor, I'm coming to your house at this time. 
you should see ah, this guy is also struggling at this part. How is he overcoming it? See, all this celebrity lifetime thing that we are doing, you know, celebrities, they don't allow you to see their private, they don't allow you to see all these, uh, what they call them, uh, reality shows. You see that there is an one is pre recorded, two, there is so many editing, and that's what that is what discipleship has now become. He said, you know, you saw my tears. When I was struggling, you saw it. So, I am not, and please remember like we said before, Paul was not saying that, he, he said the claim, I don't have my struggles. But we are on this journey together. So, when I say that you saw my tears, I am not saying you saw my tears to become a pastor. No. Let's just read a particular scripture, First Thessalonians. Okay. He said, because of our gospel came to you simply in simple word, um, he said with the Holy Spirit and deep conviction. You know how I lived for your sake. Please. What I'm trying he said, you became imitators of us. So you saw the way we were living and you became imitators of us. He said, and of the Lord. So basically what he's saying also is that you don't imitate what you don't realize in scripture. When you have discipling somebody, it doesn't mean that ah, that person is sleeping with three girls. He has only of them. That is not, that's why Paul would say, follow me as I follow Christ. So that means when you see something that I do and it's not in line with Christ, run. But there has to be the position of discipleship. And discipleship is a lot. I am trying to transmit a light to you. So that means the access, it cannot be this alone. That's why you see Paul saying that I preach to you and I go house to house. That's what Paul says. I go house to house. Why? Because it is discipleship. Does this make sense to us? Hallelujah. Amen. My time is fast spent. Now, I'm going to bring you some real life examples. Please, I'm not, I'm not just using this because they are pastors or people that you know. But it is not only in that dimension. This is the man called Oral Robert. He was one of God's, as God will have him, one of the most, you know, he has a big healing ministry. This is Copeland. Copeland today is one of the biggest pastors in America. Whatever anybody thinks about, but you know, he's one of. But what I'm trying to say is that when Oral Robert came to, when Copeland came to our robot, Copeland was a student that became his pilot. The story was never, you are going to become a pastor. Because the first goal of discipleship is not what you want to become. It is become Christ. 
when these men were walking together, nobody told them that this one is going to be a great pastor tomorrow. No. I am trying to lay emphasis on, on this. There is a guy we have today, Daniel Colenda. Um, we have um, Ryan Bunkin. How many of us have Bunkin before? He's one of those that hold crusades across the world before he died. And things like he's been to Africa a lot. He's won, by God's grace, won over a million souls. This is the boy that took over for me. Where did, where did they meet? This boy, let's go to the next slide, before that. Okay, yeah, he said, he said, this is what Daniel Olenda said. He said, I started out in ministry of Christ of all saints, working in the warehouse. That was where Bunky met him. It was not the agenda that, ah, you are going to take over from me. It, that is not, it doesn't happen in scriptures. But now, you know, people say, ah, I can see myself as the new me. That, is, that has nothing at all to do with Bible. So when Bonke saw him, he was walking in the place. He had financial issues, so he was walking there. I think he said, please, he said, and, I, and he invited me to travel with me as an assistant. He never, Bonke never told him you are going to take over after me. Because the goal is not that you take over. The goal is to make Christ out of you. See how at times when we don't understand what Christ is looking for, you think God wants to raise millionaires. He's not here to raise millionaires. He's here to raise people like you. You have another person. Sorry, I'm just going to just go through this. You have this, Bill Johnson and Chris Volatan. You can read their books and things like that. Chris Volatan did not go to school. He was a mechanic. He had crisis when he met Bill Johnson. And he became friends. The day he was convinced, he was in the same room sleeping. They were sleeping on two different beds. When he began to learn from Bill Johnson. Today, Chris Volata came to the parliament, was it two years ago or so, to come and address the Christians in that place. Come and give them the word of God, saying, God is saying, see, you cannot be parliamentarians and laws in contrary to the will of God being passed in this place. The man did not do anything. But what I'm trying to say to us is that it wasn't that they were not, they didn't have issues. But discipleship is not a relationship between a perfect man and a perfect No, it's between one that is learning and translating that life to the other. I can go on and on. But my time is, you see, how many of you might have had an elevation church in Nigeria? This is the church, and this is the pastor, Pastor Godman. This is the church he came from. He did not come to that church to become a pastor. He was working in Austria. He was an usher. His agenda was never to one day go and start a church. No. 
The day you begin to see that as your agenda, you have you have graduated from the service. I'll show you this again. This is Baba Deboye and Akida. Um, Baba Deboye was an interpreter. But it never crossed the mind of Baba Deboye that he, he, he would live with you. In fact, he was not even part of the elite. But he wanted to know God. And Akida did not raise him to become the next leader. He was just training him to become a better Christian. And you see here, all Badebe was doing there was just interpreting for Akida. That's what he was doing. Guess what? Abadebe had a PhD in aerodynamics. Is it aerodynamics? Mathematics. He was about to become the youngest vice chancellor of the University of Lagos. Babaki Dayomi cannot deal with that music with the Vidigo or who? I don't know how to put it in English. He cannot read nor write. But yet, he was the one that discipled him in the job. You may not have understood these pictures. This is Baba Deboyi. This is Tunde Bakari. I mean, I don't know who Tunde Bakari is. This is Tunde Bakari. When Tunde Bakari came to Adeboyi, he did not want to become a pastor. He was a, he was a lawyer. He was just a disciple that wanted to have Christ transcended his identity. At the top there, you can see one man. This is Baba Deboyi again. That's the people standing at the head for him. See, these people never, the agenda was never to become anything. People may have challenges as they go, like I said, we are talking about perfect men. But what we are saying is that discipleship is to form Christ inside people. And you see, till today, this is already kneeling down. Everybody is praying for them. Why? Because a disciple, no matter how big you are, you still honor, respect the person that disciples you. Even if you are bigger than them in inverted commas, Moses was bigger than his father in law. But the father in law was the one that disciples You know, and I can go on and on. You can see uh, for our own people. This is Fakele. This is Korodi. I don't think there was any conversation among them for the many years that you take over from me because that is not the goal. That is never the goal. When, when, when God gave Daddy the grace, that's the when God gave Daddy to walk with Fakele, he saw Fakele cry. He saw his problem. In fact, that sealed his mind that he used to say something that I will never pray for my enemy to become a pastor. That's how bad he saw the issues. So what I'm trying to say, the conversation was never that, ah, one day you become a general overseer. That was never the conversation. 
He was just a young man. That father was trying to reproduce Jesus inside him. Where did we come to this? Where we have abandoned God's training system. It is not for anybody. It's a question for me and you. Am I humble, ready to be discipled? Am I humble or ready to be discipled? Let me just close this as I just go to just go to the first summer. Sorry, because of our time. This raises a lot of questions, but this is the story of Samuel when he was beginning to hear God. Please note that God called Samuel the first time. Samuel went to meet Amy. Amy said, I did not call you. And what did Samuel do again? He said, go and sleep. What did Samuel do? He went to sleep. God called Samuel again. Samuel went to Eli. Eli said, I did not call you. Please, why did God keep going back through the same process? Why can't God just speak directly to Samuel? Samuel, you know, that man is useless. God never circumvents his system. The Bible says, it says, it says, um, my son, said, I did not call you. Go back and um, he said, now, now Samuel did not know the Lord because the word of the Lord has not yet been revealed to him. He is hearing God, but he has not been disciple to know what to do with it. I have seen days where <laughs> something happened. See, I, something happened that we are praying about something, and I asked people to, I asked people to pray. You know, people prophets, and there were about three or four people who were in trance. Oh, sorry, sorry, about three people who were in trance in different churches. Is it three or two? They, they, had, they were in trance in different churches at the same time. So I gave them the uh, what's it called? Questions and three of them came back with the same answer, and that answer went to daddy. So he called me, he said, You have gotten the answers to your questions. This person, this church said this, this person said this, this person said, and these are reputable churches. And he said, But don't do it. Huh? Ah, see, this is where you differentiate between disciple. He said, don't do it yet. I said, but the prophet said, he said, yes. He said, did they lie? I said, no, they were not, they didn't lie. Were they wrong? No, they were not wrong. But don't do it. And he said, with time, you would see why I told you. Three years later was when I saw the reason. 
I had to call him. We say, even though the conversation had gone long time, I had to call him about the last thing I called him. I said, I said, I said, how did you know that I should not have done it? He said, ah, you still remember? I said, ah, I told him. He said, he used to, I used to think about it. So he's about to say, ah, no, I know what God is saying. You cannot dispute it for me. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> they are, they are, they are people that confirmed it. The Bible says here, it says, Samuel, now, now Samuel did not know because the word of God had not been revealed to him. The third time, Samuel, uh, the, the, the Lord called out Samuel, and Samuel got up and went to him and, Eli, and, and said, Here I am, let's read the words. Then Eli realized. So that means Eli in the first instance was still not sure what was going on. So even at the fact that Eli was messing up, God did not circumvent that procedure. But what do we have now? So the Bible says, so Eli said, go and lie down and say to them, speak, Lord, for your servant listen. And so Samuel went and laid down to the place, and the Lord came and stood there, calling at uh, as him as other times. And Samuel, Samuel, Samuel. Then Samuel said, speak, Lord, for your servant listen. And the Lord said to Sam, see what I'm about to do. Question. Is it that Lord, Lord, say, is, it, is that what God is waiting for? When we abandon discipleship, you will have people who hear but misuse what they believe. Please, and I said, I said for you, it's not about hate. It is the older people that know where it's going to come. Please present yourself to God to be discipled. No matter who you are. See, we thank God for God is doing. Somebody called me last week. God hit somebody with cancer that we're praying for. Clear. Two weeks ago, somebody called, somebody was healed of a, what they call it, kidney and liver, that the doctors had said doesn't work again. But what happened? That is not what I am. That's not what we are called here to do. We are called to raise Christians. Then those things will follow. It is normal. So I say, ah, but they don't pray certain things. See, there are some things that you don't need to chase. But if you specialize in healing the sick, yes, you will heal the sick, but you'll be sending people straight. God grants you God's grace. Let us write. Sorry, I must have gone so much far. I put this on online, I just want to share with us. Salvation will cost you nothing. But discipleship will cost you everything. Salvation is free. Discipleship is not. It is important that we open our hearts up to be discipled. It is important that we open our hearts for the 
That is the aim of the church. See, let me say something. The reason why you have bands in churches, I don't know why some people have so many bands in a very small church, but the reason why you have bands in churches is so that people can be discipled closely. That is the main purpose. So when you have six people in a church and you have 30 branches, 30, 30 bands, people duplicating themselves in bands, what, what, of what essence is that? The reason why you have matrons and pictures is so that, as the Bible says, let the older women guide the younger one, disciple. They are not there to, to only carry up there and say, ah, you know, well, that is not their role. You know, uh, you know, we have to have. You don't have to have a bed. The position of a bed is not to buy clothes or to do anything. The position is to disciple people. See, those people that you call captains, they are not captains. They are pastors. Their role is pastor. So that when the pastor calls them and says, "I have you heard from this person? How is their Christian life?" I'm sorry. That is why when you have people in the CNS school. When we are doing ordination of Aladra at whatever position, they will go to the band and go and seek verification. Not that have they paid their due. It is to verify how well have they gone in their discipleship procedure. But now it is coming. Uh, when did he? When did how much did he pay? He paid fifty pounds per month. Ah, okay. Ah, no, you cannot become elder in this church because you have not paid your party. Lord help us. We will go to the base. God help us. Thank you for listening to this week's sermon. Have a blessed week.